Welcome to the Oakley Podcast, Trucking, Business, and Family. This show is brought to you by Oakley Trucking, headquartered in North Little Rock, Arkansas. The purpose of this podcast is to communicate with Oakley owner-operators and their families by giving them up-to-date information concerning Oakley Trucking and the trucking industry, from business advice to safety updates to success stories. Also, to give an insight to outside truck drivers that might be interested in joining the Oakley family. Hi, I'm Jeremy Kellett, Director of Recruiting here at Oakley Trucking, and I'm your host for this podcast. This is episode 20. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Roger Carson and Dustin Barnett, uh, who is in our safety department here at Oakley Trucking. Uh, We're going to discuss what to do if you're involved in an accident and the important role your cameras play if this occurs, and just the do's and don'ts and the protocol for when you are involved in an accident. We got some really good information. We got some examples of some accidents that we've had in the past and the outcomes uh, that we've had. And I think it'll be very interesting to our owner operators and their families to learn from that. So uh, stay tuned to that here in just a little bit. Uh, but first, I'd sure like to say thanks to everybody listening to this podcast. We appreciate your input that we're getting every week. Please keep it coming. Uh, share this stuff with a friend. Make sure. All our owner operators are listening to it the best you can. We send it out. Um, it comes out every Wednesday. A new one comes out every Wednesday morning. And we email it to all of our owner operators and a bunch of other people too. So I encourage you to listen to some of the old podcasts. If you're, you know, listening for the first time, we've got some good information on some old podcasts that we've done. Uh, that that tells a lot about the company and some things we're doing here from the shop to uh, things we're doing with the shop. I mean, Toby had some real good information to uh, our trailers and and talking to the people at Mac Trailers uh, all the way to safety. We had another safety uh, episode before, too. So got some good information. I encourage you all to listen to our old podcast. But first, before we get started on accidents, let's uh, let's hear from Vicki Chastain on this week's Need to Know segment. You never think it's going to happen to you, but you have probably had some close calls out on the road due to various reasons. Accidents, that's this week's Need to Know segment. Statistically, distracted driving and speeding are the two main causes of accidents in com- commercial motor vehicles. Accidents in commercial motor vehicles are more prone to cause severe damage to an individual than a personal vehicle. Unfortunately, there is no surefire way to prevent accidents from occurring, but by doing your part in not speeding and staying alert, you can decrease the risk of an accident. I am Vicki Chastain, and that's this week's Need to Know segment. Okay, guys, let's uh, let's get cranked up and started on these accidents and the protocol for what guys are supposed to do with an accident i got roger carson safety director second time here hey roger what's up glad to be here bro and i got dustin barnett his sidekick yes sir safety manager how you doing Barnett? hey doing great today how you doing sir doing good man glad to have you guys i appreciate y'all coming in here and giving our owner operators some good information we've been talking about doing this for well since the last time me and roger did a a podcast on general safety we thought you know we got done with that and we said man we need to we really need to do a couple more of these because there's some good information that we want to share with owner operators on things and we we figured this one on accidents and 
what all it entails. So we're not sure. This may be a lengthy episode. We got to talking about it before. So we may talk a while here. We're not sure if it's going to turn be one or turn into two, but just depends on what we uh, we get involved in here because we think it's some good information for you guys to understand. So uh, what do we want to start off with first, guys? You want to start off with um, what happens? You know, what does an owner-operator need to do when he has an accident? Is that where you want to start? Yeah, let's start off with reporting an accident. Reporting an accident. All right. You want to take that? Go ahead, Doug. Okay. So, yes, sir. So depending on the severity of the accident is going to determine the process. Um, if it's pretty severe, of course, we're not going to ask our inner operators of a lot of uh, steps to take. Our first and foremost question that we're going to check on their driver. Um, I know if they are involved in an accident, they have their adrenaline up. They're not really sometimes thinking clearly. So we ask that they call safety first and foremost. They contact either Roger or myself and we can start um, doing the, the behind the scenes office work just to make sure all the documentation is being captured that uh, that's needed. Yeah, because I'm sure when a guy has an accident, like you said, he's jacked up, he's amped up and and, and scared and nervous. So you got to probably spend your first few minutes calming him down <laughs> and seeing how severe the accident is so you can go from there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So once we verify that they're fine, then we might start um, kind of laying out some direction and some steps and protocol that we want him to take. Um First and foremost, if the tractor didn't decelerate at a rate of nine miles an hour a second or greater, it didn't initiate a critical event on their dash cam. So we may ask them to manually go over there, click critical event. That way it does a timestamp for safety department to review over. And on we, the dash cam? On yeah. the On the AVG unit itself. On the unit. It? Okay. Yes, so, okay. So if it wasn't hard braking or something like that, it didn't catch it mm -hmm. didn't flag it as a i got you yeah. and we can get more detailed on the cameras later but um it's still captured as far as on the micro sd card there's still an eight day loop so the video is there it just allows our department to kind of get a hold of that information quickly and view that dash oh, cam so you're not soon. viewing so much of the video trying to figure out when it happened yes sir basically yeah they hit a button and that alerts you to know that's when it that's where to look. It right? will send us an email, Jeremy. Okay. You know, at that time that he initiated the critical event manually. And a lot of times, you know, you'll ask that question, well, when did it happen? He said, man, it was just 10 minutes ago. Well, we're 45 minutes back looking for it. Yeah, gotcha. So, you know, it's a little tricky. It's great if you get a hard break because then it's done exactly when it happened. You can see. Right. But if it's a manual, a lot of times we may spend 30, 40 minutes trying to find it. Gotcha. Because it's not, you know, time. And sometimes time is time critical on that? I mean, how, why, is, does a policeman need to see that right then or something? Uh, sometimes they'll ask for it oh, yeah. to help uh, investigate the accident, you know, make a determination, you know, whether who's at fault or, you know, what took place. Okay, so and, uh, I'm sorry, go so, ahead. Well, and so it is critical sometimes at that point. I mean, we have not so much, but, I mean, we get a lot of positive uh, uh, comments from the officers that we have them in there. makes their job a lot easier because, A, they're not there when it happens, 
So they're having to, you know, ask questions. Try to figure it out. Trying to figure out what took place. Well, if you can pop that video on them. Tells a lot, doesn't it? Tells a lot real yeah. quick. Yeah. It that, saves them a lot of, you know, just questions. You yeah. Know. You can see what happened. Right. And and it kind of does away with the he said, she said. Yeah. You know, and that's that's worth, you know, that's worth having them. Have we had some specific incidents, I mean, that you can think of that we uh, – they were saying we were wrong, our owner-operator was at fault, and then we send the video, yeah. and we see that it wasn't our fault, it was their fault? Yes, sir. Yeah, I have a, a pretty good example. It happened in Florida probably back in March. Um, driving down the road, there was a passerby driving on the right side, trying to pass our tractor. They went left to center, made contact with his tractor. So they pulled off the road. Our owner, the owner operator got out. And of course, the first thing that that lady said was, why'd you hit me? You hit me. Why did you do mm-hmm. this? And kind of questioning, kind of putting the blame on him. Um, he kind of just kind of stepped back, got into his truck, kind of told me what was going on. So I pulled some dash cam video and was able to save that video prior to the authorities making it there. And once they re- kind of responded on the scene. They got one of their email addresses, sent the video. In this case, there was no question that she did go left to center. Wow. There's no exposure on Oakley's part. And once they, it's, it's kind of ironic the way you look at it because they all are huddled around. He's watching it on his laptop. And after they watch the video, the lady looks at our driver and she apologizes. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. Only for the fact that it's not going to be, misreported on the police report he said she said um and then also too having having her apologize to our driver for i don't know if she just was lying about it or if she just didn't recall what right, happened so right. it, it just makes well, how how did you see that if it's behind the camera well in this case she made contact and lane changed in his passenger side oh, fender okay. So you so, could see the right. So, yeah, with that, the way the position of the camera is on that passenger side, you could see on that right side. Fender. And a lot of times, Jeremy, we look in the mirrors. We look in the fender mirrors. You can see what happened. You can see in the mirror what took place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, so, you know, these cameras are forward facing. But yet again, if they've got spot mirrors on their fenders, we can see down the sides of the truck. That's helped before? Oh, yeah. You really? bet. Especially in a, like a lane change or anything like that. Because the other thing is in a lane change, if we can't see the vehicle that struck us or vice versa, it will show that we didn't divert out of our lane. It kept We stayed in the lane, so how did we get over to hit you if we never left our yeah, lane? Yeah, yeah. So, never left our lane. You can see that in the mirror. Well, that, no, you can see it just – yeah. You know, That's the good. camera catches, you know, I think the camera's 140 degrees, so it pretty well catches the uh, both fenders. So you've got a real good, you know, wide view. You know, with Important camera. to have the camera working. Yes, sir. Yeah. And yeah. kind of hitting on that point, too, with that spot mirror, it's really beneficial because if you're at a intersection, let's say it's right-hand only lane, we've had several where four-wheelers have tried squeezing up beside our guy to make that right-hand turn, not realizing that he's impeding the entire right-hand lane. And then once we take off, um, 
the trailer ends up striking their driver's side of their fender and hood. So, and in that spot mirror, you can see it clear as day that car trying to uh, squeeze in there. Squeeze in there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Can't quite make it. And then you get a call and your driver ran over me. Well, Jeremy, and, and yes, that happens. But, and here, here's, here's the bad thing about that right hand turn. And, you know, and we try to school the guys on that. When you're making a right-hand turn, if you split that lane and you hit a vehicle, you're at fault because you're out of your lane. Mm. And, you know, the old train of thought is you make your turn out in the intersection. You know, and, and you know, and we've had several Keep the of trailer in the lane. We're supposed know. to keep them both in the lane. Oh, my. And it's real tight in certain uh, circumstances because, you know, a lot of these streets were built, you know, yeah, that's not possible. 50, 60 that. years ago, and we didn't have 300-inch tractors and 55-foot <laughs> yeah. trailers. So right. it makes it a little bit more difficult for them to make that maneuver. Well, I think, you know, cameras, that I know it wasn't what we was exactly going to start out talking about, but that, that I mean, that makes a big difference. Well, you know, we had a lot of pushback when we started putting these cameras in and I think now we've seen how big a plus that's been for us when it's caused accidents have been involved. I mean, it, it just makes a big difference. So our owner operators need to know to make sure the camera's working. What what do you need to tell them? Any any uh, thing that we're seeing regularly that the camera's messing up or, or our guys are not using it or turning it on, or are they all pretty much uh, compliant with the cameras? So, yes, sir. Yeah, all our inner operators are pretty compliant. Those cameras are hardwired in, so they're constantly recording on an eight-day loop, even if the tractor's off. So we don't have any issue, really, with tampering. Um, what we are having some recent problems with is the SD cards going out. So you can imagine on a micro SD card, there's so much data 24-7 being overwritten and um, saved on that card. So we've seen that they wear out just like anything else. It gets hot uh, and then it malfunctions. So they're saying kind of contacted Omnitrax. There's about a two year lifespan on those SD cards. So if you know that it's been on the most that two year mark since that's been installed, maybe start watching to make sure that your camera is paired and that you have the camera icon on the top of the screen on your IVG. You'll see that on the top banner, and that's a good indication that your camera's paired and it's operating. We have um, Matt Clanton in our safety department currently working over a camera health report. So pretty much daily, he's reviewing over that report to see when a camera's SD card is faulty. Okay. And we're sending that list out to dispatch and trying to get those drivers in as soon as possible to make sure we can swap out that micro sd card. we provide the sd cards to them I'm we assuming. do okay. yes sir we just need to get it swapped out yeah and we have them at all three of our locations as well so if you're not necessarily just here in north little rock if you're at our other terminals as well um, they can go ahead and swap those sd cards out for you okay so got off on cameras we we know how important they are now we we need to make sure you guys need to make sure they're working and and you change out your sd card uh after at least before two years and we got somebody matt's calling checking to make sure if you're having a problem with it we get you a new one mm -hmm. and we'll either send it to you or come in here and get one i guess either way yeah but we, we want to make sure they're working so 
cameras are important. I tell you, they, they, I know Roger has used them a lot, uh, in cases, you know, when we, they've been very helpful. So keep your camera up and working good. So back on having an accident. So they need to call. First thing you need to, if it's not a major, major accident, somebody's really hurt. I mean, I guess they need to call safety first, day or night. Right. Mm-hmm. Irregardless whether it's bad know, or not. Bad or not, they need to contact us. Okay. And, you know, 724 on that. I mean, you know. Why is the sooner the better? Well, the sooner, you know, we get the information and, you know, before – uh, before the driver leaves, the officer leaves, or you know the other uh, people involved leave, uh, we got to have all that information to investigate. You know what really took place, and you know what's real critical for us, and you know, and I teach this in orientation as well that you know we need a name and a phone number of anyone involved, and we like to get it before the police show up. Mm, okay. And now, now, you know, people say, well, why do you want to do that? Well, here's why. You know, if we don't get that and, you know, before that, and the officer says, well, all that information, because we tell them to ask for it, all that information you're wanting is going to be on the police report. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great if we get it the next day. It could be 10 to 15 days. Before we received the police report, so there, I mean, during a lot can happen during that ten to fifteen. Days. Well, here, here's the thing, you know, you could imagine if if I'd hit your vehicle and I was at fault, and you're sitting at home waiting on me to call you, and I don't know who you are and I don't have your number. Yeah, and so you would be getting irate and upset because you know. Uh, we're not taking care of you know, and and the quicker to try to take care of this after the accident happens seems to be the better. I mean that's the that's the goal there. Well, to try to, that, that's the end goal, yes. And you know, but uh, the main thing is is you know we ask our guys to try to get their name and phone number, and you know, okay, because we're going to make contact with them as soon as possible to try to, you know, mitigate their damages or injuries, what have you. And, you know, rather than them not here for us from two to three weeks. Yeah. Because when we get the police report, Jeremy, 90% of the time their phone number is not on it. They got an address. So now we got to mail them a letter that may take five to six days for that letter to get to So them. you're, I mean, in some cases we're trying to find out who's was involved in the, in right. the accident with right. us. That's right. And you can't find out. So it's best that our guy gets that information, name and phone number, as soon as he can. Yes. That's as critical as getting pictures and, you know, other stuff. Yeah, you don't think about that later that, man, I didn't – I don't know who to contact. You know, I'd like to call somebody and check on them or see what kind of damage it is or can we get this resolved and you can't get a hold of him if you don't know who to call. I got you. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. So that's a – that's good. So get the information of everybody there, name and phone number. Photos, you know, pictures of damage to vehicles. Uh, we always try to get them to take pictures of the layout of the scene. You know, kind of just stand back and take a picture of the, you know, of the scene. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see things that, 
you know, you won't see on the camera, you know. Yeah. So it kind of helps, you know, with our investigation. Yeah, and capture any debris that's laying around as well before it's tampered with. That kind of helps a lot. Um, and with those stuff pit- in the ditches or what do you mean debris? Yes, sir. Yeah. Stuff in the ditches, something that might be in the tailgate of that truck that flew off into the ditch or, or mm-hmm. something along those lines that might have assist in our investigation on what exactly took place. Okay. And a lot of times the debris field would determine where the impact was made. Okay. You know, you know, like, you know, they could say, well, we came over and hit them, but the d- debris fields in our lane. Not in their lane. Right. See, so. So pictures are real good. Get get yep. plenty of pictures. Yep. Close up and kind of step back a few steps. I know I've gotten several come in where they're just scratches on a bumper, but you really can't make out where exactly the placement of that scratch. So just make sure to get close up and step back a little bit and get some clear pictures of the damage. I mean, that's all it comes down to, isn't it? I mean, after the accident happens is video and pictures. Well, yeah, and whatever information they can gather. And then, you know, then what we ask them to do after they've gathered all that stuff is to send it through TransFlow, you know, through our accident app, you know, because, you know, they can just take pictures of everything and just send it to us and we'll have it right then, you know, not having to wait for them to come in or anything like that. No, don't. You mean you don't have to take them to Walmart, get them developed? Anymore? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember those? Yeah. Guys? Oh God, I remember them days, man. You <laughs> you got down there, and it may take a week for you to get your pictures. I'm telling you, that's these dash cams and you know these cameras on these phones have really expedited you know the process of you know investigating these accidents. Yeah, yeah, I bet it has made a big difference. So you get your pictures, get them transflowed in. Um, then what's the uh, what's our driver's next step? Uh, will he have to drug test? He'll um, so yeah. Once you get all that information, you transfer it into us while you're still there at the scene. Call us, tell us what happened, what the authorities told you. Were there any citations written? Did you get any roadside inspections? So if it's a DOT recordable accident, so if there's a tow away from the scene, if there is a bodily injury where they've had to transport them to the hospital or if there's a fatality of any kind. So for two of those parameters, the first two, the ambulance, if someone takes them away with an ambulance, or if there's a tow away, and our driver receives a citation as the causing factor um, resulting from that accident, then he would need to be set up for a post-accident drug and alcohol test. How do we do that? So we actually use a um, system called FormFox now, and there's also a separate one with a Quest Diagnostics Center. So we can get online, submit that request to a local facility there that's nearby, and our driver is emailed a copy of that chain of custody. He reports to that facility. They scan the barcode. All that information is pre-filled in by our office here, and then he conducts the, the test. Okay. Is, is, I mean, that's pretty simple. You find the nearest place you can get because you only got how long? Eight hours? You got 32 hours. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. For a drug test, you only have eight hours for an alcohol test. Oh, got you. Okay. Kind of time sensitive there. So. Yeah. Yeah, little, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they do that. We determine whether they need to go do that or not. Um, and then I guess we, a lot of times you are sitting around waiting for the police report, but are you trying, are we trying to nego- get with the person that was the other person that was involved in an accident and trying to, Get, get it done 
if we got the information there, if you get got in the touch info with in it. and and <laughs> right, right. But uh, but let's say we do. Let's say we do have the information. We're going to contact them. And you know, and if it's you know, if it's our fault, we're gonna you know tell them to go get us a couple of estimates, and uh, you know if they need a rental, we'll put them in a rental. If they feel they're injured, go get checked out, and you know we'll try to mitigate their damages and you know resolve it, get us a release as quick as we can. Yeah, but we're just you know, I mean, if we're wrong, we want to take care of. It. Sure. You know, and. Uh, and then uh, for the driver, you know, if he's got damages, you know, to his truck, you know, a lot of times, you know, guys have never been involved in an accident and they don't know what to do. So we'll try try to help guide them through that process of reporting a claim, you know, to their PD insurance right. and, you know, the process of what it takes to get that done. Yeah, and that's uh... – you know, unfortunately, a lot of guys are not prepared for an accident. I mean, are any any of us really prepared for an accident? Because I've seen that too, where they our guys have accidents and their trucks down for a while. Oh yeah, and you know they're down. If they're down, they're not making any money, so it it uh, creates a problem. So uh, I, something you guys need to think about. Nobody thinks they're going to be in an accident, of course, every day, and it, it happens. So you got to be prepared for that kind of stuff if you if you have a bad one because it's always a shocker. Aren't they always shocked when they have an accident? Yep. Oh yeah. It's never expected. Never expected. They don't happen. wake up planning on having one. Of course not. <laughs> you know, it just, and in about three or four seconds, it's all over. Yeah. It's it's uh yeah. yeah. Then you're going, what happened? And mm-hmm. trying to backtrack, and everything's everything's picked apart at that point. Uh, yeah. Prior to that, I guess, for the most part, I mean, that's, uh, I, I know dealing with attorneys. So when you, when you try to resolve the accident, you basically were trying to resolve it before attorneys get to them. And because we all know a trucking company has a bullseye on them, right? Yeah. You know, we're always guilty. We got to prove our innocence, right? I mean, that's, not the way it's supposed to be, but that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, we're guilty as, as a trucking company, and we've got to prove our innocence with dash cams, with pictures, with anything we can get. So I understand we're trying to solve the case, get the release signed before attorneys even get in get in touch with the, we'll say, the victim in a case, you know, we were wrong or something. So we're trying to get that thing resolved before then. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times, you know, it's it, it doesn't always go that easy, you know. And uh, you know, Dustin and I, we we've settled a few that you know we've been able to get a hold of immediately. And I mean, I'm just talking fender benders. You know, you're not going to resolve a, a major you know accident injury no. over the phone on the first call, but. The majority of our accidents, I'm assuming, are, are fender benders. A lot of them are, yeah. And uh, the bad thing about it is, is you know, I've spent, or I say I, we have spent a lot of money on minor accidents. Get you got any examples? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Where like do we to, start? I got, especially, I got a, you know, I got a file cabinet full of examples. Somebody thinking, especially because the owner operators and we are too, going, look, man, I just barely scratched the bumper. 
and it turned into what? Y'all got an example? Give it. Give everybody. Oh, I can tell you one. An happened right here on Broadway. I mean, and this has been probably 12, 13 years ago. We put a dent in this girl's little Mustang about the size of a half dollar. And what do we do? Hit her at a stop sign or something? Traffic stopped and and we stopped and traffic took off. She didn't and we did mm. and bumped her. Okay. And, uh, you know, Ron Davis and I went down there to the scene and, and you know, we looked at it and we said, you know, go get us an estimate and that and call us back. Well, I kid you not, four hours later, we're hearing from this lawyer whose billboard was just down the street from where this happened. Oh, man. <laughs> and next thing we know, lo and behold, she's injured. Both of them are injured. And, you know, we paid in the neighborhood of 40 grand oh, for my a gosh. dang on a bumper. Because they got an attorney. Right. And, you know, and, and what happens is, you know, you see him, you know, running these meds up, you know, because, oh, you know. doctor bills. And oh, yeah, because cause a lot of times, you know, the more the meds are run up, you know, they, they more they run the meds up, the more valuable the case is. Hmm. You know, we just, you know, I mean, we just want to pay. If we did something wrong, we want to pay for what we did wrong, and that's it. And there is no $40,000 bumper that I know of. <laughs> No, not on a Mustang. <laughs> now on a Chevy, maybe. Man, yeah, that's frustrating when that happens. You get? Did you have something you want to throw in, Barnett? No, sir. No, yeah. that pretty much hits. I know there's a lot of examples we can give with minor things that kind of turn um, into major claims. And of course, whenever you hire defense counsel and attorneys, that gets costly on our end as well, as far as expenses go. And unfortunately, the days of meeting honest folks that just want to be compensated for the damages that were caused are kind of becoming less and less. So we're always gearing up to expect those even minor claims to possibly um, have an attorney representative and, and going to. Yeah. That, that's frustrating when that happens um, yeah. because I know um, dealing with attorneys can be a challenge in itself because I guess you're having to, this is something that yeah, I don't think about and probably the owner operators, but every state can be different. True. In the process. If you have a so if you have an accident in a state, you say, Oh no, that's in state so and so and that's because it's probably worse than another state. I'm assuming that happens. Uh yeah, I can I can name you four, but I'm not. Uh, well, you should probably. I mean, uh, All right. Number one, Louisiana. Number two, Texas. Number three, Arkansas. And number four would be probably to toss up between uh, Oklahoma and Mississippi. Really? Boy, we run a lot in those states. <laughs> and, and and there you go. And mileage has a lot to do with it. You know, Texas, you know, in our uh, – Annual mileage, we probably run close to 18, 20 million miles in you, Texas a year. You're just saying those states are a little more difficult to win a case or just difficult for the process? Uh, 
it's uh, just don't, don't have know. an accident they're, they're, in those states. Yeah, they're kind of you know anti-truck. I mean, and I say that it's just that a little more liberal yeah. than conservative. Huh. You wouldn't think that, but I guess. Well, you wouldn't think in Texas, but but now I will give Louisiana, you know, thumbs up because I believe their legislation just passed a tort reform here a few weeks back, which is going to help. And a lot of that that came about, you know, we had two cases down there, and I think there was a total of fifteen where. It was fraudulent claims, and it was brought. Uh, it was brought up, and found to be. Uh, I think there was a chiropractor involved, a doctor, and oh, it was a scam type deal. Scam deals, you know. Fraudulent I read about claims. that. Oh yeah, it was in uh, transport topics and that. Involved but, a judge or something. Well, or maybe I don't know it, if it got. You know, I don't know if it got to a judge, but. You know, there was a law firm involved. That's what it was. And a chiropractor That's involved. That's what it was. And, you know, the FBI got involved, and they were able to uh, resolve it. I mean, you know, we had a, a case trial set, and the four individuals didn't show up. Hmm. And then they pushed it. I think they pushed it for a year. They had a chance to come back within a year, and they never came back. Of course, you know, that one guy, the one guy that was involved in two of ours, he had had 28 accidents in two years. Oh, my gosh. I mean, surely somebody can see that that's well, not possible. And, and I, there again, kudos for the legislation in Louisiana because I think this incident involving, you know, this fraud is what brought, brought forth our tort reform. Hmm. So. Which is a cap? You know, you tell me earlier well, it's a cap on. Or well, I didn't. I didn't look that I, up, I, and I hadn't really, you know, looked into it as far as what all it entails. Okay, but it it's a positive move, and there's several other states have done that as well. Okay, so all right, just to recap real quick, we're we're talking to Roger Carson and Dustin Barnett with our safety department here at Oakley Trucking. Uh, we're talking the protocol for if you have an accident. Um, t- for our owner operators on what to do, and we we've uh, got some good good stuff, good information, some even good uh, examples that we've said here that I I hope get your attention and, and makes you a better uh, driver uh, and know what to do in in these certain areas because as soon as you think it's not you, it's not going to happen to you. That's when it'll reach up and bite you. And you, you just got to be prepared, and hopefully it never does. But uh, because I, I tell you, as, as a company, we got a great safety rating. We got a great safety department. We got a, a, just a good company that, and, and most of all, we got some fantastic owner operators that are safe drivers. Yeah. You know, can you imagine working at a place that didn't have safe drivers? <laughs> There's a lot of places out there that uh, do, and, and uh, you know, even the recruiting department uh, checks that out before they come in here. So we try to get the best guys we can. And, of course, we know we do. But when you got 870 of them, I mean, you're going to have an accident, what, every week? Oh, there's something. 
you know, yeah, I, I can remember when Ron Davis and I, and I'm talking back in the early 2000s, we was kind of sitting back there like the Maytag repairman. Yeah. You know, we might not have an accident for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. You bet. I'd, it'd be great if that was that way again. But, I mean, you know, but it's just so much traffic out there. And plus, you know, back then we wasn't running 20 million miles a year. Well, now we're bumping 80 million miles a year. And, you know, the more miles you run, the, you know, the greater the odds it's going to happen. What do you see? What do you guys see? Either one of you, both of you can answer. What's the the biggest cause of an accident? I think Roger will hit on this one too, but I'll say distractive driving, both on the other party and um, unfortunately sometimes well, on our you, operator. That's a, that's a wide span. That party. <laughs> it you're is. You're going to have to narrow that down a little bit. I mean, we're all – I mean, I, I'd say most people are distracted the whole time they're yeah. driving. But yeah, specifically, what do you think? I say um, cell phones for sure. Sometimes whenever they're looking up directions or um, maybe looking at some paperwork while they're driving, kind of anything that's going to be taking your attention away from the road. And that's even with hands-free. Sometimes if you're on a conversation, you're talking, you're interested in that conversation, you are legal to do that, but your mind's kind of thinking about other things. You're thinking about that conversation you're speaking to, whether it be your wife or your friend, and that can kind of pull your attention away from the road and slow your reaction time. So a lot of our heartbreaking events and accidents, we see that there's some phone conversation going on. Man, that's, the, you know, it's hard to stay off that device. <laughs> I know it is, but uh, distractive driving, well, on that phone, that phone can just – I'm assuming that's the first thing a police officer thinks, isn't it, Roger? Well, I can guarantee it's the first thing a lawyer is going to ask for. Uh -huh. He's going to subpoena their phone records, and then he's going to subpoena that ECM in that truck. And oh, gonna, really? Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, they'll do a download of the ECM, which will depict, you know, their speed, whether – when they braked or if they braked and you know they can go back to right when it happened same way with the cell phone use they can go back and match it to the ecm when he braked for the accident and then they're going to look to see if he was on the phone at the time of the accident mm. and then they're going to try to tag him for distracted driving and we've had several of those over the years have we Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest ones I've had was in San Antonio, and gentleman was on the phone, and it was Christmas Eve. Our, our guy was on the our phone? Our guy was on the phone. And, and he was looking ahead, but it, it just wasn't cognitive of what was going on. He just, you know, he was in la-la land on the phone, and he just run up on this pickup. I mean, just smacked him in the tail end. Going down the interstate? Going or down the road. Two-lane road? Or? Interstate. Interstate. San Antonio. Golly. And uh, that was probably one of the largest suits. You know. They were just we, going slow, I guess. or No. Nah, not No. <laughs> he was just driving down the road and just clipped him. Oh. Just run up on him. Hmm. But like I said, 
you know, there again, uh, like Dustin said, distracted guys that we view on dash cam footage at red lights, at traffic, you know, a lot of times when we're, you know, when we pull those up, they're talking on the phone and that just goes to what we're saying. Yeah. Phone's a great tool. I mean, you know, I started trucking back in the seventies and I wish when I blew that tire out in West Texas, I'd had a cell phone so I could have called somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead of waiting on somebody to come by and stop. Yeah. So, but, uh, and as far as, you know, getting directions and, you know, like I say, it's, it's a tool for the industry, but yet again, you can use it again, you know, can be used against you. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something they're, they're going to check. That's one of the first things they're going to check. What's a second speeding? Uh, do you find most of it? Following it, too close. Following too close. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of that, but probably lane changes is going to be right up there. Probably number two. You know, guys just, you know, they start moving to the right or left before they look to see if it's clear. And you can look, you know, they get in that blind spot. You know, you put these little keys. It's about the size of a souped-up go-kart out there. And you got a big hooded Pete, and you're sitting on the floor. You ain't going to see that car. Right. Right. You know. Or it could be a Kenworth, too, so I'm not, not going to just pick on Pete, guys. <laughs> not using that uh, spot mirror. That's what it is. Well, yeah. You know, that that as well. But now sometimes, you know, they can, you know, a vehicle can get in front of that spot mirror because that, usually that spot mirror is about midway on the fender. Well, he can be just up ahead of that a little bit, and you won't see him in the spot mirror. Yeah. And then, you know, he'll be in that blind spot of that hood, and you won't see him when you're, you know, moving over. Right. But. What's some of the, uh, I guess, some of the shockers we've had that I think we should share with our owner-operators? Uh, maybe a verdict that we didn't expect to go so well that we thought we were in better shape on and wasn't much to it. Y'all want to share any of that? Yeah, I can share one. <laughs> Uh, in particular, you know, it was in the Carolinas some years ago. And, and you know, I thought we put up a real good defense to win that case, Jeremy. And lo and behold, I mean, you know, we were feeling pretty good at the end of the trial. Trial lasted, what was it, three days, four days. And then, the you know, and it was a judge trial. Didn't have a jury, just a judge trial in federal court. And, uh, of course, at the end of the trial, the judge says he's got all the information. He said, we'll call you and let you know what the verdict is. So it's just up to him. It wasn't a jury. That's right. Oh, man. And uh, were they, what were they suing us for? Well. I was, mean, I know the accident and stuff, but with an amount? Well, they, they, amount? They, had a, they had a demand amount, yes. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we didn't think we were at fault. So, and according to the police report, according to the DOT report, they put fault on the other vehicle. 
And uh, I guess about a month after the trial, we got the verdict back and didn't go our way. It went their way. Mm. And even when you think you're doing your best, you know, through all the information gathering and recon, uh, reconstructionists, expert witnesses, medical experts, and so on, and you still lose. And that's one reason that we try, I'm assuming we try to keep it from going to trial. Yeah, I'm going to say 90, 90, 95% of our cases are resolved through mediation. You know, because nobody really wants to go to trial and, and, and put their fate in the hands of a jury. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this one because this case is closed some years ago, and you know we were sitting there picking the jury, and you know our attorney got up, and he asked the question. You know, and these were people sitting get selected for the jury. He asked the question, "How many of y'all hate truck drivers?" And every person in there raised their hand. Man, I really felt bad. I said, really? Wow. And one guy didn't raise his hand. Or no, he didn't. So then he asked the question, how many of y'all hate lawyers? All of them raised their hand except for one guy. And he asked the guy, he says, why didn't you raise your hand? He said, I'm a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, you know, it's, you know. But we do. We settle quite a few of them through mediation, you know, and sometimes we get good results and sometimes not so good. And, you know, it's there again. It's it's a battle. Yeah. There's nothing easy about it. And, you know, the drivers, you know, when you tell them what happened, you know, they can't believe it. You know, well, and, what and case I feel are you talking about? You said you was going to tell us one that was closed. Is that well, just it, well, just the jury part of it? Well, that was the jury part, and this is one we won through trial. It was in Dallas, Texas, and uh, uh, Scott Cowden, you know, in operations, he went down there with me to sit through it just to kind of get an eyeball, you know, what mm-hmm. takes place. And uh, and this was a lane change accident. People got hurt, but... Uh, no fatalities, just no got fatalities, injuries. No fatalities, just injuries. And uh, they were trying to settle for, I don't know, it was eight, $900,000. And uh, we put our case on, and they put their case on. And we got, uh, and it, it, it is well, it, I think the trial lasted three days, and the jury was out for two days. We finally got a verdict backed on Friday, and uh, the verdict came back I think it was Friday evening and uh, they ruled on four counts and you know they can pay money on each charge and the jury ruled zero money on all four counts no kidding so it's a good day that was a good good day day, wasn't it (laughs) you bet that don't happen very often right there. No. And, you know, there again, I think I've only been to eight jury trials. 
but you know just countless uh you know yeah mediations you know i was telling i think dustin the other day that i did deposition last week and that was my 39th deposition oh man and uh you ought to be getting good at them now <laughs> well i don't know about good but you know because they always come up with different tactics to come at you so but uh well that's a that's a you know we've had conversations before that's a whole nother world there it, it is when it gets into the attorneys and you know fighting each case and i mean it's just a whole nother world that we're we're into over over an accident yeah. well it's when it, the work work starts on our end. and it drags mm -hmm. out for a long time oh yeah I've, um i've had them go to up to seven years yeah yeah so the let me throw this one at you here on because i was thinking about this and you don't have to answer if you don't want to but i'm thinking of one of our guys has an accident and it's debatable whether it's his fault or not do we how long because i know what's going through their mind is am i terminated mm -hmm. so how do we make that decision how, of when they're terminated and how quick, you know what I mean? Because I know they're wanting to know, sure. Well, there again, Jeremy, you know, through the investigation, it takes time. Some of them do. Some of them are pretty quick to figure out. You know, the guy, you know, rear ends someone at 60 mile an hour and he's on his phone and we can see it in the video that he wasn't paying attention. That's pretty much an automatic out. Yeah, it's a done. But now if he's driving along and somebody cuts in front of him, breaks, checks him, and he tags him, that's a different story. Okay. So it's case by case. I mean, Just a matter it, it, of, you know, it's. And his history's got a little something to do with that, true. I would imagine. Yeah. Now, you know, of course here, you know, you have a minor accident, you're on probation for three years, you have another one it, that you're at fault at, and it's automatic out. Right. And, you know, probably, you know, the more severe the accident is, probably the quicker the punishment. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and I don't, I don't relish terminating well, guys over accidents. No, but you have to, I mean, you have to make a decision fairly quick yeah. to, you know, let the guy decide what he's going to do because this case may drag out. We may right. not, I mean, it may drag out for years, but we got to make a decision based on what we know at that time, I guess, whether to keep the guy right. on or not. Because in our mind, the the thing that's going through our mind is what if he has another one? And there you go. It, yeah. And that's when you get tagged for negligent retention. Yeah. Mm. And that's a multiplier. So they kind of uh, hit on that point too, Jeremy, if they are terminated, if, Roger kind of reviews everything and he finds that the driver needs to be terminated. Even though he's no longer with us, he's still going to be involved in the accident. So there's still going to be, Roger can probably hit on this more, but depositions for the driver. Um, so we'll still meet up with them, counsel them. Our defense attorney will be representing him as well. So even though he might not be leased to Oakley Trucking, we're still kind of in that accident together, and we still they need don't to work go away. together. It doesn't just go away, no, sir. Yeah, no, because when we're served a summons or a suit, that driver's the first name on the suit, and then it's an and Oakley trucking. Mm. 
Okay. So yes, he's gonna he's gonna be in touch with us. We're gonna be talking to him, you know, throughout the whole ordeal. You know, they're gonna get served papers, and then usually that's when they really get excited now because they've served them. Yeah. And they're calling me. What do we do? Yeah. And now yeah. son got personal now. Oh yeah, that's an eye opener. Yeah. You know, but uh, now uh, get this question, and you may Barnett probably get this question a lot: Is there escrow? Mm-hmm. You're you're we're taking their escrow as soon as it happens. Is that right? So we can issue a hold on their escrow account. So thirty five hundred for dumps and hoppers, and five thousand for the tanks. If there's still some investigations not really clear on fault, then we can go ahead and initiate that escrow hold. Um, A driver will never be issued an escrow hold without getting a phone call first. You'll be getting a call from me or someone else in the safety department um, explaining that as far as it's accident related. Um, Because they're going to see that they're really probably what the owner operator is going to see is they got another 175 coming out. Yep. And they didn't expect that. Yeah. I mean, they should have an accident. And this is even if it's not their fault, right? Right. Most of the time. I guess not all the time. Well. Case by case. Case by case. But. You know, to be determined. Yeah. Just because of the stuff we've been talking about, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, over a quarter size dent and a bumper turns into $40,000. Well. So I think our owner operation, you probably go over this in orientation, but our guys, I mean, they need to know if they don't know that their escrow is part of the deductible. Oakley Trucking has a $250,000 deductible per accident. Correct. Yeah. So we have what's considered a self-retention, self-insured retention policy. So anything up to $250,000, Oakley is responsible to pay out of pocket for. And that includes... Physical damage, bodily injury, or expenses. Anything. So I, I, I that hits home to me. That should hit home with a bunch of guys is, you know, we get your escrow first, yes, but anything over that, Oakley Trucking's paying out of pocket up to $250,000. And can you imagine, um, Man, if, if uh, having that insurance on 870 owner-operators out there driving right now up and down the road and, you know, potentially those accidents and you have the, that kind of deductible, that would be uh, – that's tough tough to sleep at night sometimes. Let's just hope they all don't crash in one day. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, I ho- hope, hope none of it happens. So. Sure. But I, I feel like that's – you know, information they need to know, even though we tell them that in orientation. I mean, that's uh, that goes back to a lot of also trying to resolve the situation as soon as you can, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay. Good stuff, man. What, uh, what else you think we missed? I know we've gone a long time today, but I felt like accidents is, is really important to discuss with our owner-operators and get them to understand what they need to do when an accident happens because we rely on them a lot. It's what they do at the scene of that accident can result in good or bad things later down the road, right? Yeah, right. And and like I say, it's just basic uh, retaining information. I mean, we're not asking them to do anything 
you know, I mean, it's just, like I said, if you can get me their name and phone number, that's, that's the biggest plus I can get. Okay. That's simple enough. I think they'll be able to get that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are we doing this week? We clear of accidents this week? <laughs> well, I think, uh, I don't think we've had anything major. Good. So, you know, that's always last week was a busy week, but yeah, this week's been, been pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So, and, and like you said, we do have a lot of good hands out there and, you know, uh, it could be a lot worse, but you know, when you look at overall the, uh, the miles that we travel in a year, and then, you know, you, when you figure out our accident ratio, you know, it's like at 0. 0.35. I mean, you know. That's well yeah. below the national average, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. So, uh, like I said. Well, hats yeah. off to our guys. You bet. Yeah. You bet. And, uh, and, and, and guys, if you're ever involved in an accident, like I say, you know, you can always call and uh, – you know, we're going to help you through the whole ordeal, but you just got to keep in mind that you're in the boat with us. You know, you're paddling just like we are. So, well, and that's a, I thought that's good for them to remember. It. I mean, it's their truck, it's our trailer, and yeah. we're in this accident together. Mm -hmm. So we need to, we need to do the best we can to resolve it. Uh, yeah. And I just hope our, owner operators can rest assured a little bit knowing that we have a lot of experience with Mr. Carson there with all the claims that he's handled and a lot of talent in the safety department. So if you are involved in an accident, we're here for you. I just don't think you're going to be left alone or not really know what to do. We, we have process in place and we'll make sure that we get through it together. Sounds good. All right. Anything else you guys need to add? We're good. Now I appreciate you having us on letting us, uh, you know, speak today. Yeah. yeah. It's been a great time. Good. I, I appreciate it. You bet. I appreciate you guys hanging in here. And appreciate you owner-operators uh, here at Oakley Trucking that's working for us every day out there. And you representing us well. We appreciate it, what, everything you do. Um, call us if you got any questions about this episode or any other ones. Uh, give a safety department call, Dustin Barnett or Roger Carson, and we'll be glad to answer your questions the best we can. And until next time, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oakley Podcast, Trucking, Business, and Family. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate or review the show in the podcast platform of your choice and share it with a friend. We love hearing from our audience, so if you've got a question, comment, or just want to say hello, head over to our website, theoakleypodcast.com, and click the Leave a Comment button. We'll get you a response soon and may even share some of the best ones here on the show. We'll be back with a fresh episode very soon. Thanks for listening.